Good morning. I'd like to welcome you all to the Department of Defense Bloggers Roundtable for Tuesday, April 22nd, 2014. Again, my name is William Selby with the Office of the Secretary of Defense Public Affairs, and I'll be moderating our call today. Uh, we are honored to have as our guest, Real Warriors Campaign Representative, U.S. Army Captain. You are U.S. Army, right, ma'am? U.S. Public Health Service. U.S. Public Health Service uh, Captain Wanda Finch and Sesame Workshop. Uh, Vice President of Initiatives and Partnerships Community Engagement, Lynn Schwaske, who will be discussing tools and resources for helping military families and children cope with all stages of the deployment cycle. Uh, somebody else just joined us? Hi, yes, this is Katie with Real Warriors. Thanks, Katie. And sorry about that. Uh, just a note to the bloggers on the line, please remember to clearly state your name and blog or organization in advance of your question. Respect our guest time, keeping questions succinct and to the point. Uh, please do not put your phone on hold, but mute it when you are not speaking. Uh, this will increase the audio quality for, uh, for the recording that all of us will have at the end of the roundtable. Uh, with that, uh, Captain Finch, if you have an opening statement, you can make that followed by uh, Ms. Schwaski. Thank you. Thank you. Well, good morning to those of you who've joined us, and uh, I want to welcome you to uh, this, this roundtable discussion. I am a clinical social worker by training, uh, did what we call Beltway Social Work here in the D.C. metro area for a number of years, and uh, eventually ended up uh, working as a, a clinical contractor for the U.S. Army, uh, working in family advocacy, and eventually while on my way working for HHS as a public health service officer, and now I'm here assigned to uh, DECO, uh, the Defense Centers of Excellence, in our Population Health Promotion Directorate. So I'm very delighted to be here and uh, looking forward to imparting some knowledge that um, I hope will be helpful to all of you uh, in whatever your endeavors may be. Great. Thank you, Captain Fitch. Um, this is Lynn Schwatsky, and I encourage you all just to call me Lynn. I was um, blessed with a very challenging last name, um, and so please, Lynn is, is just perfect. Um, so I um, have the pleasure of overseeing Sesame Street's initiative to support our military children and their families. And I really mean it when I say it's a blessing because it is um, – a project that I was um, given at the end of 2005 after having very limited um, experience, exposure, knowledge of our military families. And it has a project that has truthfully changed me um, as a woman, as a mom, as a daughter, um, as an employee, as an American citizen, you name it, um, really understanding truthfully what, what true service is and knowing that our entire family serves. Um, and where what Sesame has done um, over the years is provide tools for the young child and the adults in this young child's life, um, because we know young children are surrounded by adults, and, and that's their circle of care, from their parents to their caregivers, their grandparents, extended family, teachers, healthcare providers, et cetera. And what we're doing is helping these families through transitions in their lives, whether it's deployment or an injury or the death of a parent. Um, we are providing tools to help these families um, engage in a dialogue with these young children around these transitions to ultimately you know, help the children but also help the adults. Um, we know that when we give tools for adults to help children, there's this magical thing that happens that we feel better knowing that the child is better. And so that's what we have done over the years, and I'm happy to go further into the resources that we've provided on this call. Thank you very much, ma'am. And somebody else joined uh, during one of the opening statements. Can I get your name, please? Hi, that was probably me. This is Karina Notice with DECO. Thanks, Karina. Uh, and our first blogger on the line was J.C. Eckert, so you can go ahead with your, um, with your question. This is J.C. Eckert. Um, I'd like to know, Sesame um, has always done such good work with our young children. What are the best things for parents to do 
one of the things that we've noted recently is um, there's a survey that's out about military fathers, and um, it's something like 80% of them have had no problems with their kids, with their relationship with their kids. Do you think that's because of um, initiatives that have been out in the last five or six years? Uh, JC, thank you for participating and for your interest in our work. Um, I really appreciate it. So I, your question was sort of twofold, and, and, and maybe um, hopefully I can answer both. So, like, you couldn't, like you couldn't tell, William, just put me on the spot right there. Yeah, <laughs> okay. No, no, we totally get it. So the first question is sort of what, um, you know, what can we do, what, what sort of Sesame can do to best help our kids? And, you know, we always say here we're, what we are doing is we are helping facilitate facilitate discussions around sort of the tough-to-talk-about topics. So, um, sure, we, you know, everybody knows Sesame Street, believe it or not, it'll be 45 years this fall. Everybody knows us as the, you know, experts in the, you know, ABCs and one, two, threes, and of course we have messages about moving your body um, and eating healthy, so that's, you know, health. Um, but the stuff that we have really done specifically for our military families is addressing the tough-to-talk-about topics. And our real perspective is, and, and as we've worked with experts and advisors to guide us, is to talk to children about these complicated transitions, if you want to say. But the talking, it, it comes with some real sort of, you know, notes. And the one is talk with a child on an age-appropriate level. And that's the sort of not too much, not too little. What a two-year-old can sort of handle is very different than what a six-year-old can handle, of course. You know, the second is to really understand, you know, if your child is experiencing some, some complicated feelings. With a two-year-old, a lot of them don't even speak. So is there behavior that they're exhibiting, sort of, you know, demonstrating that there, there are some issues going on? And really try to make sure that you are available for these children who are, um, you know, who are maybe experiencing some sort of stress. You know, a big thing, the third thing which we do, and it sounds so simple, but it really is so important, is reassure the child that they are loved and supported and where there will always be a caring adult in their lives. Um, and again, it may sound like, oh, of course, but believe it or not, that is such an important message for our children. I think the other thing is when you're, when you're talking about sort of, you know, complicated transitions for these children, sometimes children feel like, you know, something happens, it's their fault, they're there to blame. And it's reassuring children that, you know, their actions didn't create this situation, that this situation happened because of the situation, um, and, you know, and that's it. And that also that there's always hope um, and that there are always people there to support them. So I think, you know, what we have done is look at how can we provide simple messages to the adults to help the children. And I think that's also pretty key, too is that there is that dual messaging. And really for the adults is you got to take care of yourself too. You know, it's that old oxygen mask, um, you know, uh, reference that we all talk about. You can't take care of anybody else unless you take care of yourself first. And that's really, really important here. These are tra difficult transitions for children, but they're also difficult for adults. And, you know, for example, moving, no matter how many times you move, it still complicated. You still have to deal with the logistics and still have to deal with the, you know, with the what's it going to be like and how are we going to find housing and what, you know, and friends for the kids and, and services and support and all of that. And you have to make sure you take care of yourself. So that's the first thing I think that Sesame Street does well is provide really great language to help adults with their children. Um, I want to interrupt you right, right there about that language. Um, one of the things that we've heard lately from our readers is um, what happens when the child um, clearly sees you struggling? They see you cry or they see you lose your temper or something like that. Is there something Sesame rec recommends saying to the child on that, on that particular issue? Right. Well, the first thing that Sesame does try, and again, I know this, some people will say this is poly, you know, this is very Pollyanna-ish if you want to say, to try to keep the grown-up stuff with the grown-ups and to try not to have those, whether it's, the hard discussions, whether it's, you know, you know the, the, the raised voices, try as much to keep that as the grown-up stuff away from the kids. We know that's unavoidable, but when it is, you know, and the kids are reacting to that, if the adults, we, we have this new sort of app out um, 
and and really it's a it's a terminology here that we're using a lot you know breathe think and then do and that is for kids but that's also for adults you know when an adult is getting to a point where they may not be you know sort of operating at their your best self right you know is to be able to take those three words and apply it to themselves to do that and then maybe even to use language with the child that says you know these are grown-up problems. These are not problems for you. And to be able to communicate that in the best way as possible to the child and then to reassure the child that their grown-ups, again, still love them, are still there for them, or still want to support them. If I can add a couple of things, I think Lynn is right on with a lot of the things that she's already shared. The, the Real Warriors campaign um, also uh, does some similar work in some of the same areas. Our focus, uh, our, our target audience is obviously service members, um, active duty, guard, reserve, family members, and even providers. And, and what we really want to remind the adults, if you will, is that uh, every, no child is the same. Uh, you know, our children vary uh, developmentally. Uh, they vary emotionally. Uh, and they vary in terms of uh, what their immediate needs may be in a particular situation. And so just a couple of things uh, to kind of add to what, what Lynn was sharing, Th this balance of, of not sharing too much emotion or not um, sharing too, too little uh, is an important one. However, I do want us to keep in mind that, um, you know, shedding a tear sometimes can also uh, speak volumes uh, in, to children in terms of the importance of the issue or the discussion that's taking place. And again, that's not to say to, you know, have the full adult conversation with the children uh, around circumstances or issues that they may not be uh, ready to take on or understand or fully grasp the concept. However, we, we do want to, you know, think about balance and because I think uh, to be able to shed that tear can show compassion. Um, it can show concern. Um, it can it can maybe even be a semblance of love, depending again on the circumstances under which uh, we're talking about. The 80% uh, service members that you talked about, um, I, I want to say that perhaps those individuals um, have been reminded or or uh, somehow uh, within their day-to-day -day lives, uh, they may be practicing certain things that perhaps the study did not share. And I'd love to see a copy of that study just to kind of get a better sense of, you, you know, who is the 80% that we're talking about. But a couple other things that um, I think our families have been doing for a number of years, uh, military families, maintaining family routines, um, preparing for separation and having a plan uh, in place and, and, and really understanding how do you um, share with the child who may be two years old versus a teenager, how do you communicate to them the potential um, absence of the service member that, you know, may be about to take place. And being able to really be there for them and listen to their concerns, no matter how difficult or how small it may be, but being able to communicate to that child that they are important no matter what is taking place, their concerns are still going to be heard and addressed uh, by the parents. Um, and, and the other uh, tip that I would also um, add is making sure that we are cognizant of what's happening in the media. Uh, you know, sometimes the media has a tendency to uh, embellish stories, if you will, uh, because we want to increase our viewership or readership. Uh, but in, in downright honesty, uh, the bottom line is, as adults, uh, part of our responsibility is to make sure that, you know, we kind of screen through some of that as much as possible and, and make sure that uh, the things that we do allow our kids to be exposed to is, is going to enhance their, their health um, or their well-being at the time, uh, depending on, you know, what the circumstances may be. So, um, again, I'd love to see a copy of that, the study that you were referencing to get a better idea of who is the 80% uh, of those service members that, that were referenced in that study. I actually think it's 
the Kaiser Family Foundation study that came out with the Washington Post um, at the beginning of the month, but I'll send you a copy of that. Okay, thank you. Thanks, thank you JC. And sorry for putting you on the spot there, JC. Uh, Rihanna, you were next. Actually, JC covered it. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to say thank you for the Sesame program. You guys are doing great work. Um, I've actually used that at my son's public school um, with the, the counselor. Gave her, gave her that as a resource for the kids that are in class. So thank you very much for what you do. And, and thank you, and thank you for your service and for your support of this work. And uh, Lindsay, were you? Did you want to ask any questions? Or are you just on to listen with as part of the Real Warriors campaign? Oh, uh, okay, we'll go to Alice. Hi, oh, Captain Finch. Uh, I love, I loved how you bulleted the um, tips for families based on what people have been doing so far. And in Melanie Herson's publicity for this call-in, most of it said that we were looking at the deployment cycle, but a lot of our families are going to be facing quite a different um, transition in their lives in the next few years yes. with uh, the drawdowns. And could those same four tips apply to that kind of transition? How can families use those to ease out of the military life? Yeah, I think they can. Uh, one of the things I think we forget, um, and maybe some of you on the phone have actually served uh, in, in uniform, uh, you are correct in that uh, the deployment missions, as we know them, uh, direct combat uh, will be uh, drawing down, that those things will be minimized. However, there's also the lengthy separations for uh, mission readiness, uh, the training, uh, the, the, um, the career growth that uh, many of our service members engage in for career enhancement. And we refer to them here uh, as part of the campaign team as lengthy separations from family. Um, we believe, and, and based on uh, some of the research, um, which is suggesting that separation between service member and family members do have an impact. They, they affect you you know, regardless of, of whether it's, um, you know, to a training mission, although a deployment brings on some additional stressors because of the unknown um, that some of the spouses have expressed uh, in, in some research that the Army did a few years ago. But I think the notion of separation and what, what does a separation mean, the, the whole attachment, Attachment theories that exist between, uh, and I'll use uh, parents and children, all of those things um, will still exist. And so one of the areas that we also talk about in our campaign is with reintegration. And with the reintegration period, uh, we have several articles on our website that are not only just looking at reintegration from a deployment perspective, but reintegration just from the, the length of separation that has existed. And so we want to encourage people to not just think about the deployment, and we are working as a team now to uh, move in that direction for the very reason that you just um, started out with. We also um, work with our other um, center within DECO, uh, the National Telehealth and Technology Center, they have a number of apps that we also promote in many of our materials. Uh, one of them is afterdeployment.org. And again, I know the title says deployment, but if you visit that website, you will find a number of individual lives assessment that anyone, service member, family member, 
can go on and they can learn about anxiety. They can learn about stress. They can also have a better understanding of what their immediate concerns may be. And each one of those modules will help you walk through a series of education and learning experiences that will either help you uh, immediately, give you an immediate benefit, or perhaps even prompt you to seek care. The other thing about our campaign, as I kind of ended on my last sentence, is the whole notion of promoting help-seeking. Uh, this campaign was engineered as part of the Department of Defense uh, Mental Health Task Force report that actually charged the department in developing uh, some sort of campaign to address negative perceptions about psychological health. And we have done just that. Um, and we are uh, looking forward to moving beyond uh, increasing awareness of negative perception to looking more at how can we increase awareness, continue to promote help-seeking behavior, but also make sure that our service members and family members know what resources are available to them, no matter what they may be experiencing, and uh, let them know how to access our website and also get in touch with some of our partners, such as Sesame Street, uh, Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration, and even some of the service-specific programs. And, and what you'll find when you visit our website, there are a number of articles, and uh, we always do diligence in making sure that whoever reads an article or, or views a video profile, uh, that they know what those resources are and, and, the, and that they are accessible. Will those resources still be available for transitioning service members? Yes, they will. Yes, they will. Thank you very much, uh, Alice. And on to Karina. Hi, I'm just listening in this morning. Roger that. Thank you. Thank you. Did anybody else join who has not had a chance to ask a question yet who would like to? Roger that. And so we can go back around to uh, JC. JC, sorry. I'm good. Okay. Rihanna. Thank you. Rihanna, did you have any follow-up? Um, nope. I, well, actually, let me ask this. Um, do you have any specific – I know that you can use a lot of the deployment resources for families who are just separated, um, either it be TDYs or short things like that. Um, for my personal case, my husband travels uh, a lot. Um, what amounts to deployment time spread out through a year or so? Um, and so I, I found that we face different, but the same, but different because our, our routine is frequently uh, interrupted. So every, you know, every three or four weeks he's gone for another three or four weeks. Do you have any specific tips for someone who might be experiencing something like that as it relates to your program? Yes, we do. And a lot of it, uh, revolves around the communication channels that we encourage service members and their family members to keep in place. Um, it sounds like uh, you and your, your spouse uh, or your service member, you've already developed a plan, which I think is very, very important, so that both you and he are on the same page in terms of what the expectations will be during his absence. You have probably a sense of how frequently you plan to communicate, and you probably even have a, a backup plan or a support plan in place so that if one misses the other, then this will be my fallback so that I don't get anxious or I don't get nervous and, and think that something has happened uh, with him or even with you, uh, since you sounds like you, you are at home base. Um, yes. So I think, you know, it, it may sound too simplistic, but, but I think, you know, again, the notion of having a plan and having a backup for the unexpected uh, 
is probably the, the best tip that I can provide right now. Um, I think some other things that we also have uh, on our website, uh, there's a few other articles that encourage self-care uh, for spouses, um, which could include peer-to-peer, uh, spouse-to-spouse support groups. Uh, I, I don't know what service you're with, but, but each service does have some um, semblance of a family readiness group, and I'm familiar with family readiness because of the Army. I'm, Army's kind of in my blood a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. So um, you, you can always check there. There is also uh, the Military One Source site, which is also another one of the DOD resources. Um, you, you can access their 800 number as well for support and the DECO call center, um, which is in our bailiwick in terms of, uh, you know, we work with them uh, quite a deal in terms of making sure that uh, service members and their family members are aware of the DECO call center and that they're accessing that as well. So there's a number of places to go for additional support. You're never alone. Um, you will never be alone. And so I think having those additional supports and the, the level of outreach that uh, the campaign has, has built to date has been a very positive one because there should not be no wrong door for anyone to get support or to seek help. I get that. I get the feeling in the sense uh, that um, a lot of times groups don't quite know to know what to do with someone like uh, me, and I know that I'm not alone. In my particular, in my husband's particular unit, I am the only one with kids. Uh, it's the nature of the job. Um, um, but I get the sense that they don't quite know what to do with me because I don't fit into a box, so to speak. Like he's not gone enough consecutive days to access some programs. So that is a challenge that I know a lot of families in my situation face. Um, but thank you for your tips. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And, and hearing you say that, I, I want to um, encourage you to uh, reach out to the DECO Outreach Center. Uh, the number is 1-866-966-1009. Uh, ask your question about support for uh, someone as yourself, uh, because I'm sure you're not the only one. I'm sure there are other um, spouses around the country who may also feel that, that they are the only one within their area or their, their spouse's unit who may be the only one with children. And I, I really uh, want to encourage you to reach out to our DECO Outreach Center and, and, and ask for some support in, um, in getting some assistance. Again, the uh, Military One Source also has support specific for uh, children as well, um, and so you can also reach out to them um, and ask the same question. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, and Alice, did you have a follow-up? Um, well, maybe Lynn, if you um, could be a little more specific about um, some of the resources that are available through Sesame Workshop, and are there any new um, programs um, that you're introducing? Terrific. Um, so specific in terms of tangible toolkits, um, we sure. have toolkits for families who are deploying, families who have um, experienced an injury, families who have um, experienced the death of a parent, families going through um, divorce. And our last um, sort of toolkit is general resilience. How do you help kids through the everyday struggles of a child's life, which may seem huge to these children at that time? Um, you know, which is everything from making new friends, you know, persevering, dealing with frustration, et cetera. 
those all those toolkits are available for free for families at Military One Source. Again, just as we were talking about, you can go to the website. There's now a Sesame Street area there. You can call Military One Source, and families can access those resources for free. So those are our tangible resources. We have um, a website, um, militaryfamiliesnearandfar.org, um, which um, Could you repeat that, please. Sure, it's military families near and far, and that's that org. That org. Yeah, um, and that is sort of a one-stop shop, if you want to say, for all of the resources that we have developed for our military families. So there's video there, there are print materials there, um, there are links to our digital assets there. Um, and that's a great sort of one-stop shop place for people to go to access all of these resources if they don't, um, you know, if they don't have time to call military one if they don't want to wait, et cetera. We also have created three apps. Um, so there is a, a military families app available. All of these are available both through iOS as well as um, for Android devices. Um, and it's called Military Family, Sesame Street Military Families. That again has all these resources we've created in one area. We have um, what's called the Big Moving Adventure, and this is a child-friendly app where it can help kids um, and families um, prepare for a move. We have something called Steel Electric. This is actually, um, I don't know how many of you know that we actually produce the electric company as well. Um, we, a few years ago, brought back the electric company that was created years ago. And it's for older kids. It's for six to nine-year-olds. And we have created a great app using the characters from the electric company to help older kids um, express their emotions and find the words to really talk about how they're feeling. Um, we have the uh, a Sesame Street Divorce app, again, um, on, uh, on all devices. And then the last is that I mentioned before, the Grieve Think Do with Sesame app. That is um, a kid-friendly app, but trust me, adults can, uh, can benefit from that one as well. Um, the other, just a couple of other things to point out, we do have our tour with the USO. Um, I don't know how many of you know about it, have seen it. It is um, a tour that has started in 2008, and we have traveled around the world multiple times bringing the Muppets to kids um, on installation. It's back in the United States now, um, and we'll be here through, um, through November, actually. And if you want a copy of the tour schedule, I, I'm happy to, to get that to you. Um, and lastly, we have all of these video content that we've created on our YouTube channel, um, which is, you know, Sesame Street YouTube. And we're also on Facebook and really, really active on Facebook. Um, it's Sesame Street for Military Families. And we encourage you to go there and like us. We'll, we can like you back. We can post anything that you want us to post. We're really about serving our military families with all the resources that are out there to support them. Right, and, and this is Captain Finch. I want to also add, Deco has a children's page called Military Kids Connect, which provides uh, access to age-appropriate resources for children. And is that a Facebook page? I'm military, sorry, Captain. Military Kids Connect. It's a Facebook page? No, it's not a Facebook page. It is a website developed by our Telehealth and Technology Center. Okay. And the children have to, they're encouraged to get their parents' permission before they have an account, but it's a nice way for them to maintain contact with family members who may be away from home, but it also uh, allows them to explore some of what may be going on in other areas. Uh, they can develop a buddy, they can uh, get access to educational activities and share them with their teachers. It's a great opportunity for teachers who may be in the schools who are, who are just not familiar with, you know, how can I best support my student whose parent is away from home? But there are activities that the parents and the, the child can download and they can essentially take those in and help them support them while they're in school. Thank you. Great. You're welcome. And it's, sorry, this is Lynn again. And the one thing to, I know there was a question on what else will we, we be doing. 
Um, we sort of every day monitor um, the needs um, of our military families and continue to see where Sesame can fill, um, fill a space where there is a need. Um, of course, families transitioning is something that um, we're hearing a lot and, you know, wouldn't be surprised if that, you know, is a direction that uh, we continue to head in. Thank you Thank so much. And was there anybody else on the call who did not have a chance to ask a question yet? Um, this is Eileen Huck from National Military Family Association. And um, thank you for having us today. And I just wanted to ask if um, either of the speakers could expand on um, how to let other community partners know about um, military kids and how they can, uh, what tangible things community partners, uh, you know, thinking specifically about teachers, schools, caregivers, and others, um, what efforts are being made to let them know about uh, issues surrounding military families and kids and what tangible support they can provide? Well, I think I'll go first. I think one of the first things uh, we want them to conceivably do is to maybe visit uh, both the websites and learn more about the, the issues, the challenges, uh, the needs, concerns that uh, military families um, face, uh, whether it's post-deployment era as we're moving into uh, in, in this year, um, or is it uh, moving? And, and to, to take a moment and think about the military children that are within their community and, and have a better understanding, maybe reach out to those specific stakeholders within our own community and have a better understanding of what the needs are right there in their own backyard. I think that would be my first um, challenge uh, to, to anyone uh, who's going to be listening or reading uh, some of the information that you may write. And then I think the second thing uh, that I would do would be to ask them to consider uh, what are they willing to commit to to help and support their own community. Uh, our military families are uh, a wonderful resource for our entire nation, uh, sometimes a forgotten resource. And we, we need to let them know that, that we are here to support them and uh, provide the assistance uh, in many ways that we can, whether it be leveraging partnerships, uh, increasing access to services, or telling them about Sesame Street and the Real Warriors campaign. Uh, that, would, that would be my first step. Did you get all that? Thank you. Uh. Thank you, Thank Captain you. Finch. Thank you, Captain Fitch. Uh, hi, Eileen. It's Lynn. Um, hey, Lynn. How are you? I'm great. And you? Oh, great. Thank you. So, and I would just add to that, you know, it's, from Sesame's perspective, since our, if you want to say, day-to-day -day business is not, um, is not, we're not part of the military sort of framework. I mean, we now sort of maybe after all of these years, but, you know, truthfully, what we, why I love that Sesame Street truthfully is doing this is that what we can do is twofold. We can use this brand to reach our military families and their sort of network directly because truthfully we have a brand that is trusted and tried and true and et cetera. But I think the beauty of Sesame Street is that we can reach sort of the bigger general public um, with this. And what we are trying to do is see we don't have direct access to to our military families. So what we are doing is relying on community partners to serve and support our families with our resources. So our what we spend a lot of our time on is working with librarians and teachers and community health providers and social workers and psychologists in the community that their, may, their, their primary job may be serving military families, but a lot of the time, their primary job is not that. They may have one or two families, maybe more in their community. They may not even realize they have it. Let's say, you know, it's a, guard, it's a, it's a National Guard community, for example. And so what we're trying to do is empower them to really understand who these families are and how to best serve them with our resources. So that's been, it's been really successful for us and it's been a huge um, way for us to not only, again, help support our military families, but raise the awareness um, 
of our military families and the needs of our military families and how communities can connect to our military families and truthfully bridge if there is a gap between sort of the families and the general public and our military families. That's great. Thank you very much. Because I, I, I do think that's so important because, you know, the, the resources available through DOD or online, those are wonderful. But, you know, the, the trick is getting the support to families in the communities where they live. And Sesame's outreach, of course, is, you know, um, unparalleled really as far as its, um, you know, its outreach among caregivers and, and people who interact with kids. So I think that, that you recognize that and you're leveraging that I think is terrific. The campaign also participates in a number of yellow ribbon events, which typically include a variety of community stakeholders that come together, they gather, and in support of whatever that particular installation is or unit um, that may be um, hosting the yellow ribbon event, uh, we participate in those as well. Uh, we also uh, partner with uh, some of our academic institutions who have recently uh, developed a series of uh, booklets or pamphlets, if you will, that promote, you know, how to help and, and provide some creative ideas about how to help. Uh, one of our partners is the Joining Forces Initiative. I'm not sure, are you all familiar with the Joining Forces Initiative? Sorry. Yes. Uh, so the Joining Forces Initiative is also uh, one of our uh, partners who uh, looks to the community to support military families in a variety of ways by hosting a number of events um, that can support them in a variety of areas that sometimes may go beyond the psychological health focus. But nevertheless, uh, those are important aspects of family uh, readiness and, and to uh, sustain them over the course of time. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, somebody, I think, might have it on speakerphone. There's a lot of background noise. Um, that's okay. I mean, we're about to uh, wrap it up here anyways. I just want to let you know. Uh, if you have any closing comments at this time, uh, Captain Finch or Ms. Vosky, please go ahead and make those. Can I ask one more question? Oh, this oh is yeah, Alice absolutely. Wong. Absolutely. If you have a follow-up question, I, please do. Um, you talked about the resources, and we learned some tips for families to do. Um, could you quickly uh, um, just list or identify signs that a child is struggling? Are, are they as... Um, evident as you might see in an adult, what would be some signs that your child is struggling? I mean, Captain Finch, you're, you're obviously more of the expert than, um, than I. I can say things that we hear um, are regressive behaviors. So, for example, children that may be potty trained are now uh, wetting their bed. Um, for example, children um, who have slept through the night for, you know, months if not years are back to waking up multiple times in the night, having nightmares. Um, you know, obviously children who are um, crying more often than, than they have in the past. You know, again, we're talking about young children here who a lot of them are not very verbal, and sometimes the nonverbal cues are almost stronger than the verbal cues. Uh, it, it will vary by age group. Uh, I can't think of the name of the article that we have on our website, but just to give you an example, I'll go through each of the primary age groups. So for an infant, um, it, it, it's probably going to be not as noticeable uh, until the, the infant is old enough to make face recognition uh, with the parent, and so that's that, you know, objective identity period uh, for the child. And w what you can anticipate, as, as it would suggest, uh, the child may not uh, provide eye contact with, with the absent parent, uh, or they may shy away uh, in instances or whimper, um, you know, because they don't recognize, you know, the face. So I think that's probably the simplest form. Uh, for someone uh, who may be um, age one to three, 
Uh, you may see uh, some pulling away. Uh, you may hear a little crying. Uh, they may look uncomfortable because, you know, again, they're still trying to remember, you know, the, the parent that may have been absent uh, for some time. Um, and, and so with both of those, you, you want to be reassuring. You want to comfort them. You want to let them know that they are in a safe place, that they are able to, uh, you know, work through this and, and support them so that they, so that they begin to ease. Uh, their discomfort. For a child who may be um, aged uh, three to five, um, you may uh, hear them talk about maybe nightmares or uh, they, may, they may verbalize, you know, uh, something that could be hurtful to the service member. You know, I don't know this person or, you know, that's my daddy. And uh, we, we certainly don't want the spouse or the service member to be upset. But in, in kind of knowing what, what to expect with the behavior or the response, again, you want to be reassuring. Uh, you want to, you know, explain to them um, who the, the uh, absent service member is and, you know, begin to kind of ease them back into uh, a routine, but also being thoughtful and understanding of, of the reaction as well. Um, for someone, uh, for a child who may be between the ages of 5 and 12, you know, they're a little bit older, so their, their autonomy is a little bit uh, more developed. And so they may not pay too much attention to the need to be around. They, they, they themselves may also pull away. They may want to uh, focus on a particular object or game or, or something that gives them comfort. And so as opposed to, to them, you know, kind of blending in with the family, you may see them kind of isolating themselves sometimes. So. You know, again, uh, just kind of being watchful for things that are not uh, something that you may have seen before is probably something out of the norm for your child. And, again, every child is different. So the examples that I'm providing are not etched in stone. Um, my 12-year-old may respond differently than someone else's 12-year-old, you know, again, depending on what they have already experienced and what their knowledge and understanding is of why the service member was away and, you know, how the reunion and the reintegration, you know, how all of these things are culminating into their experience. And then, obviously, you know, we have our teenagers, um, the preteens, you know, age 13, and, you know, our older teens who, who can now vote, uh, but this is still not quite old enough to drink, um, you know, that 18-age group. Um, we, we see them having a little bit more autonomy, and so their, their reaction or their response may, may, do, may be just to not be around. Um, they may uh, demonstrate, as we know our adolescents do, you know, I'm a young man, I'm a young woman, I'm going to do what I want to do, and, and so they may try to um, exercise more of that autonomy at that stage. Um, but again, you know, these are just some basic examples. Uh, they are not um, theoretically etched in stone. Uh, every child is different. Every family is different. And so uh, these, these examples are providing, they're just examples. Um, but, you know, again, we, we want to make sure that I think the important thing we want a parent to understand is to be, to be aware, uh, notice changes, notice differences, and if, if it is not resolved in a way that is comforting or that is helpful, then seek help. Uh, don't hesitate. Seek help. Thank you very much. Thank you. Did you okay. Did anybody else have a follow-up? All right. Sorry about that uh, ju jumping ahead there. So, uh, again, Captain Finch and uh, Ms. Schwaske, if you have a closing statement, you can go ahead with those. Hello? Cap Cap oh, sorry. Captain Finch, you want to go ahead? Oh, I'm sorry. I was multitasking here. Right, <laughs> I yeah, apologize. Right. So I think in, in closing, um, I think as I started saying uh, very early on, we, we want to make sure that whomever um, 
is, you know, maybe reading your work or uh, if you have a conversation with someone, however this information um, gets utilized uh, for the future. We want to make sure that uh, individuals are aware that there is hope, it is real, and the help that is available, it does work. Um, one of the things I neglected to mention earlier is the Real Warriors campaign also has a number of video profiles on our website. And if, if you encounter someone who is reluctant um, or who may have a unique situation and they think that they're alone, they're not alone. Um, I, I guarantee if they would watch any one of the video profiles, there will be something about that profilee's story that will resonate with them, whether it's about themselves as a spouse, whether it's about themselves as a service member, whether it's about themselves as a commander, um, or even a provider. You know, we have a few profilees who have uh, praised the support that they've gotten from the military health system. And, um, and so I think hearing that helps, helps individuals who either read our articles or listen to the profiles understand that um, there is support available and you can get your needs met. All you have to do is ask for help or go to help. Um, for the children, same thing. Um, parents, we want to encourage our parents to be understanding of the developmental stages that their child may be in, but also, I mean, they know their children. And so if you sense that there is something different about your child, seek, seek help. If, if it's something that is insurmountable and you don't feel that it's something you can deal with on your own, um, you know, seek help. And um, I think finally, as um, writers, journalists, uh, persons of interest who want to share the wonderful stories of what the Sesame Workshop is doing and what Real Warriors Campaign is doing, keep writing. Keep writing and let people know where we are as much as possible. And I would just say ditto to all of that and just say thank you. Um, thank you for your service. Thank you for supporting us. And um, we will continue to do whatever we can to, to support you. And thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for all the questions and comments today from our bloggers. And, of course, thank you to our guests for, your, uh, for answering questions and for your statements and your time today. Uh, the audio for this Bloggers Roundtable will be up on DOD Live at some point later today. Um, that concludes today's event.